0: Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Dead Letter. Chapter 31. Dr. Neville continued her personalized guided tour for her guests of the three Stratford upon Avon theaters she managed. The Royal Shakespeare Theater and the Swan Theater, which both shared the building they were at on Waterside, and the other place, which was a short walk away on Southern Lane. She explained to her guests that the theatre company's main playhouse in Stratford was the Royal Shakespeare Theatre, where the Bard's plays and other works were performed. It was the largest auditorium of the three and housed a 1,000-seat theatre space. As an officially listed building, listing marks and celebrates a building's special architectural and historical significance. It retained many of the Art Deco features of its predecessor the 1932 Shakespeare Memorial Theater. Julia especially enjoyed visiting, meeting, and chatting it up with the designers in the costume department. The Swan Theater, opened in 1986, was a favorite space for many actors, directors, and audiences. An intimate theater, it seats over 400 people on three sides of a deep-thrust stage. The Swan Theater shares its forecourt, with the Royal Shakespeare Theatre, with audiences enjoying the same foyer, box office, bars, and restaurant. Located on the banks of the River Avon in Southern Lane, the other place was a creative hub for learning, research, and development with rehearsal rooms, a 200-seat studio theatre, an extensive costume store, theatre tours, and a café bar where Julia availed herself of a warm cappuccino. This small, intimate venue hosted festivals of new work every year. Local amateur groups could use the theater for rehearsals and performances, and the venue provided additional performance space for work with young people and the local community, as well as private commercial hires, raising valuable income to support their artistic programs. Sensing the tour was over, Wade asked Dr. Neville for use of a vacant office, conference room, or private area for a couple of hours. She called her assistant, then graciously offered Wade use of their boardroom for the rest of the afternoon. While you do what you need to do, David, I'll visit the city. Julia looked at the doctor with an eager smile. It's my first time here in Stratford, and I want to see the sights, like an average tourist. She's a Shakespeare groupie. Wade announced to their host jokingly. Julia gave him a simultaneous deep sigh and eye roll. Dr. Neville grinned at their interplay as she led Julia to the exit with suggestions on how to get a feel for the town, touristy style. Before she left, Wade leaned in and reminded Julia to be vigilant and alert. She knew what he meant, still shaken by the morning's escapade. Although Julia was playing the tourist, What she really wanted to do was scout the town for any possible leads. The young Shakespeare aficionado went off on her own and opted for one of the hop-on, hop-off, double-decker sightseeing buses. She bought her ticket, then scooted up the winding staircase to the open-top upper deck of the red vehicle and sat in the back, alone. Although it was September, the sun was very hot. She put on her sunglasses, removed her jacket, and grinned with glee as her huge chariot departed. She felt like she was back in high school. Although she had read that some critics complained of the commercialized transformation of this once quaint historical village, Julia disagreed, enjoying every stop, every sight tour, and every word spoken by the beautifully accented bus guide she heard over the speakers. In only a few hours, she managed to visit Shakespeare's birthplace at the half-timbered Tudor family home in Henley Street. Nash's house, learning that William Shakespeare's granddaughter, Elizabeth Hall, had married a property developer in the town, Thomas Nash. Shakespeare's Stratford home towards the end of his life, new place, next door to Nash's house. Hall's croft, named after the physician Dr. John Hall, Who married William Shakespeare's eldest daughter, Susanna? Anne Hathaway's beautiful thatched farmhouse cottage before her marriage to the bard and lived in Shottery, a small village about a mile away from Stratford. The Arden Hotel, situated opposite the Swan Theater on Waterside. Stratford's new boutique Arden House Hotel. Palmer's Farm, which demonstrated life on a Tudor working farm. And the adjacent Mary Arden's House. Shakespeare's mother, and the supposed aunt of the enigmatic royal seamstress, Kate Arden. This stop triggered Julia's memory. Kate was the name of a strong willed female lead character in one of the bard's early plays. She could not help but wonder if the Kate from The Taming of the Shrew and The Queen's Seamstress were one and the same. A favorite cousin, perhaps, brought to life by Shakespeare on the page then the stage, for eternity. The highlight of the tour was the famous Holy Trinity Church, but Julia and others were not able to enter the place where Shakespeare was baptized and is buried, because a wedding was taking place. Situated on the banks of the River Avon, only a couple of minutes' walk from her starting point at the theatre complex, Holy Trinity had become a shrine to the local poet, and Julia was a disappointed pilgrim. She decided to abandon the bus tour at the church and make her way back to the Royal Shakespeare Theater on foot. Along the way, she received a short text from Wade asking her to return. He was almost finished in the boardroom and would soon be ready to move on. Where to next? Julia asked herself. Where to next? She lifted her eyes from the device and began walking towards the complex with a quicker and more resolute stride. As she approached the walkway leading to the main entrance, she caught a glimpse of a vehicle in the distance driving past the nearby park. She stopped. Her face went pale. She had just seen a small truck. A small red truck. And I hope you enjoyed the listen. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth